0: When you are free, you live a life that sets other people free. God has more for you than you can ever imagine. Three words: hope, health, and healing. Amen. By myself. Welcome to Midtown. Let me uh, get into the sermon. Let me get into the sermon. So, we are launching a new sermon series today um, on prayer. It's called "God's Talking, Real People, Real Prayers." God's talking. Real people, real prayers. And we're going to go to 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel, the first chapter. Now, let me set up the context here, okay? Before I read the text, let me set up the context. So there's a woman named Hannah, and she's married, but she's one of two wives. Yeah, I know, the last service was quiet when I said that part too. I was like, (laughs) but this shouldn't be nothing for y'all. I mean, y'all watch cable. So this is like sister wives of the Old Testament. (laughs) So she's in this dysfunctional marriage. And she's married to a guy named Elkanah. And Elkanah and his two wives, the other wife is named Penina. And Penina has had children, but Hannah has not. And so not only is Hannah in a dysfunctional marriage, because she can't have children, there's an additional social stigma on her. And the other wife is really giving her a hard time, teasing her, instigating her. And um, the church they go to is not a great church. It's, It's a corrupt church. The Bible lets us know later in 1 Samuel that the sons of the pastor are wicked. And um, as we pick up the story, Hannah's now in the house of the Lord, and she's praying. And the house of the Lord back then was a place where you went to worship, went to pray, went to fellowship, went for meals. So we pick up the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. And said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. Huh. Just dawned on me beer is in the Bible. I just... (laughs) But this sermon has nothing to do with that. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman... I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. From this text, I want to preach to you on the title, Turning Pain into Purpose. Turning Pain into Purpose. Since we've already prayed, let's just go right into this. Some people are able to take their pain, their difficulty, their disability, and turn it into a purpose. They're able to take the thing that seems like it's against them and in the midst of it have a tremendous impact in the world. You know, there's a influential artist, Ray Charles. When Ray was born as a little kid, he started to lose his eyesight. I wonder if his mother Prayed that God would keep him from losing his eyesight, that God would heal him. I wonder if the church that little Ray went to prayed that God would keep the sight for little Ray. And yet Ray went blind. But in the midst of his challenge, in the midst of his difficulty, in the midst maybe of the emotional pain that he went through. Ah, he became one of the greatest artists ever known. Ray Charles did R&B, gospel. He even put out a country album. Ray Charles mesmerized the world by singing Georgia, singing America, the beautiful, the star-spangled banner, and had the audacity to say, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. In the midst of his disability, in the midst of his pain, he found his purpose. One of the first artists, regardless of race, to own his own master's to To put the record label in a position where they couldn't take advantage of all their artists, he turned his pain into purpose. Maybe you heard of an evangelist named Joni Tada. Joni eriksontata is is she's bound to a wheelchair. I wonder if there were family members that prayed that God would miraculously heal her. Maybe they read the stories in the Bible of the paralyzed finding mobility and they claimed that in Jesus' name for Joni. Yet bound to a wheelchair... Joni is one of the most known evangelists, Bible teachers, preachers ever known. When I was president of World Impact, she put on a camp every year for the disabled, leading people to Christ, pouring out into people's lives. We have a camp in our denomination down by Santa Cruz called Mission Springs, and every year she puts on at least two summer camps for people. I heard her her preach when i was in high school she has had a tremendous impact in spite of her situation some people in the midst of pain in the midst of difficulty in the midst of challenge find a great god purpose you see it would be easy for me to ask you how do you act when god answers your prayers But really, what we really should wrestle with is how do we act when God doesn't answer our prayers? Can we find purpose? Can we find joy? Can we find maturity? Can we find strength? Can we find a way forward when God doesn't answer our prayers? But you know what? I don't even think I'm saying that right. The right way to say it is when God doesn't answer your prayers the way you want your prayers answered. That was the situation Hannah was in, crying out to God for a blessing, crying out to God for a child. Hannah, one of two wives, her Hebrew name means favor, but yet she found herself in an unfavorable position. She was barren, and the other wife teased her daily about it just strutted her children in front of Hannah, holding her baby up in front of Hannah. (sighs) Hannah was barren. Who am I as a man to preach on that? But I want you to know there are different conditions of barrenness. Yes, there can be barrenness of the womb, unable to produce a child. But there can also be barrenness of land. When land doesn't produce vegetation, that's called a famine. Or when land is not able to produce vegetation at the level that it would under normal conditions, that is a state of barrenness in the land. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all live in California. You know what it's like when the land doesn't produce all the fruit it should produce because it's 127 and a half degrees all week long in Sacramento. Sometimes there's barrenness of the land. Sometimes there's barrenness of a place, barrenness of a building. Now, you know what barrenness of a building could mean is you walk into the building and nobody's there. It's barren. But do you know that it's possible for a building to have barrenness and it be full of people? Because a building can have people in it, but there's nothing in the people in the building. You can have a church full of folks, and there ain't no love, and there ain't no truth, and there ain't no joy, and there ain't no justice, and there ain't no unity, and there ain't no family, and it can be full of people. You can have a city full of people, and it be a barren city. It be a broken city. So there's barrenness of the womb. There's barrenness of of the land. There's barrenness of a place or a building. There's also barrenness of the soul. You can get up in the morning and be on empty. Your soul is barren because you have not said yes to the spirit of God in your life. So your life is full of barren ideas and barren possibilities and barren situations, barrenness See, see, When you look at barrenness in its fullness and all its dimensions, maybe now you would say I've experienced barrenness. I can identify with Hannah. And so Hannah is led to prayer. And that's what we want to focus on. But I want to talk to you about a certain type of praying because real prayers to a real God should be about transformation not transaction I want us to move from transactional prayers to transformational prayers well what's a transactional prayer Pastor E Little Rev they need to get my nicknames right they had me at the club not at the church with some of the nicknames they was giving me like, what in the i like, what in the Lord Jesus? <laughs> Where was I? Oh. Transactional prayers are like this. Give me, give me, give me, forgive me, give me, give me. Give me, give me, give me, forgive me, give me, give me. Transactional prayers are when we go to God and we want something from God. We want God to give us something. Now, this is not bad. I'm not telling you it's bad to ask God for something. I just don't think give me, give me, give me should be the totality of our prayer portfolio. So some people just, their their prayers are primarily, if not exclusively, give me this. God, would you give me this? God, would you give me this? And then there's the forgive me prayers. God, if you get me out of this, I promise I won't show up here no more. I asked you when I was driving here, should I go here, God? I probably shouldn't even be going over here no more. I probably shouldn't even reply to that text message. I probably shouldn't even answer the phone. Why am I here at this apartment again? How did I get, Lord Jesus, How, how did I even get here? I didn't even know I had enough gas to get here in my car. Here I am again. Lord, if you would just get me out of here, I promise I won't come by here no more, God. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Oh, Lord, please, Jesus, why am I here? Lord, if you just get me out. me amazing grace. When you're singing a long gospel song, you're doing something you ain't got no business. Hi. Sweet Just leave So many people, that's how they pray. Give me this, God. Give me this, God. God, get me out of this. Give me this. Get me out of this. Give me this. Get me out of this. God, you know I need that job. God, you know I got to pay my bills. God, do this in my marriage. Do this in me. Get. You know I want that house. You know I want to move. You know I, know I want to get into this college. You know that I want to get here. God, come on. Please, Lord, give me. Forgive me. And then when God doesn't answer the prayer the way you want to, God to in a transactional way then you stop praying you stop going to church you stop reading the Bible you stop believing you're like why should I bless this food God don't bless me you can go ahead and sneeze I ain't saying nothing I chew I chew God don't bless me well I'm gonna bless you and some people just get mad at God cause God didn't ask. that's transactional transformational prayer is when you allow God to do something to you. When you allow God to strengthen you, give you wisdom, give you what you need while you're waiting on what you want. That's transformational prayer. Pastor Krista said it to me like this. She said, oftentimes God's people are provoked to prayer by problems and pain. During this experience, we expect something from God. That's transactional. But what if prayer is about what God wants to do in us? Transformational. We're trying to get something out of God. What if God is trying to get something out of us? And that's really what prayer is about. What God is doing in our lives, even when the prayers don't get answered the way we want. So let me just give you these, these, these three points real brief. Real, you got the appetizer. Let's, do, let's, get the, let's get the main course. So how do you move from transactional to a transformational prayer life? One, it's about praying in the pain. Praying when the pain is not gone away. Praying in the pain. That's praying in the anxiety. Praying in the stress. Praying in the heartache. Praying in the headache. Praying in the pain. That's what Hannah was doing. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty... If you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. See the transaction? She's saying, if you do this, God, this is what I'll do. Uh, As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord. Hannah replied, I am a woman who is, in, who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. She is praying in the pain. She is praying in anguish. She's praying to the point where her mouth is moving and nothing is coming out. Some of y'all in here know what that kind of anguish is. When your mouth is moving, but nothing is really coming out now, for those of you when you were kids, when you did something bad and 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 your parents gave you a time out you don 't know what i 'm talking about on this part, like some of y'all in here, you did something bad, and your parents are like, "Go to your room and shut the door till dinner. God bless y'all, God bless y'all, God bless you. you are on time out you are not. Watching Fantasy Island on TV tonight. You just lost your privilege to watch TV. Praise God. The rest of us who are in therapy, when we acted a fool, our mamas acted a fool with us. To the point that we was crying out in anguish. Sometimes and you was getting it, you your mouth was moving, but wasn't really nothing. Mama, please. I'm out. Ah! That's how Hannah was praying, like her mama was whooping her. That's how she was praying. She wasn't drunk. She was praying in the pain. You know what I like about the verse when it says that her her mouth was moving, but but you couldn't hear her voice? You know what that means? all of your prayers ain't meant to be heard by somebody else sometimes you just need to holler to heaven because everybody can't understand your prayers everybody don't need to get in your prayer business everybody, you know what some of your prayers, don't bring them to me and Pastor Bob don't do it, don't go to Pastor Bob with some of your prayers, he gonna be like ooh, you keeping it gangster Um, and uh, you know what Letty's calling me on the phone right now I got to Some of your prayers ain't meant for your pastor. They ain't meant for your neighbors. They ain't meant for your family members. It's just for you and God. God heard Hannah. He knew exactly what she was crying about. See, see, see. some of your prayers in the pain need to be for God. And you need to keep it real with God. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Turn to God. What do you do when you don't know how to do? Keep it real with God. Go ahead and say what you're going to say. Don't hold it back. You think because you kept it in your mind and didn't say it out loud, God didn't hear it? God know you're cussing, so you just go ahead. I mean, I'm (laughs) saying, when it's just you and God, keep it real, real. That's why some people wait too late to start praying. Because they think they got to formulate some spiritual King James into Hebrew and Greek prayer. No, get your ghetto, get that ghetto (laughs) fabulous, get that bajetto prayer out your mouth. Get that backwoods country. Just get that Redding Fresno prayer. Just bow, bop, bop. Just get it out your mouth. Ain't nobody know what in the world you talking about. But God knows. So keep it real with God. Stop entrusting the deep things in your spirit with a carnal person when you can bring it to Jesus. Praying in the pain. Point two. Praying on a promise, which means what are your prayers standing on? what are your prayers rooted in? Just something silly, just something that just something just to 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 just massage your fleshly desires what what are your prayers standing on? First Samuel chapter one verse verse seventeen. Um, Eli answered uh, her and said, "Go in peace." and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. I want you to mark, God ain't answered her prayer yet, but she started eating, and she wasn't downcast. Early the next morning, they, that means the whole family, her, the other wife, the other wife's kids, and her husband, The next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. God ain't answered her prayers. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Now, now, look, of course, you can read the whole story. God answered her prayer. But what I want you to see is that the transformation of Hannah began before the answer. Some people don't want to be different until God gives them what they want. Hannah started changing before she got what she want. Look at that. Just that small conversation she had with the pastor. And from there, it said she started eating. She wasn't sad. See, you can't wait till God gives you what you want to move forward with your life. You got to get something to eat. You didn't cry too long. You didn't. You were. You. You went too long not eating. You went. You need to go night night now. You need to go get your. You need to get some sleep. You need to get you a, a, a some catfish and some collard greens and yams and mac. And, you need to eat something. You need to take a nap. You need to get some rest, and you need to go to work tomorrow so you can pay these bills. You can't let the pain keep you from your purpose. You can't let the pain keep you from pressing. Forward towards the mark. Before God answered her prayers, she started eating again. She got a smile on her face again. She found some joy again. And then this is the thing that's crazy to me she went to church the next day with her husband and his other wife and her kids. Yeah, I know why it's quiet in here. <laughs> Sister, could you do it? You going to church with your husband? and Brenda and her kids. <laughs> Talking about thank you Jesus. We going to get a word today. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this podcast episode shortly, but we wanted to take this time to give you an opportunity to give. Why do we give? At Midtown, we believe that giving is both an act of worship and a command. And the psalmist says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So when we give, we're simply giving back to God what belongs to God in the first place. For those of you who give regularly, thank you. And if you're new around here, there's no obligation to give. We just encourage you to give however God is leading you. You can give digitally on our website or our app. But let's take a moment to pray right now. God, thank you that you have given us an opportunity to partner with you in the work that you want to do to display your goodness and your love to the world around us. So God, take this offering right now, multiply it, and use it for the good of your people and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's get back to our podcast episode. My God, he must have been doing something in Hannah while she was still in the dysfunctional situation, while she was at a messy church, while she was barren, she found her joy. Christians, we should never forget the saints whose shoulders we stand on. You stand on the shoulders of people who prayed and God didn't answer their prayers the way they wanted and they went to church anyway. They sang anyway. They prayed anyway. They they found joy anyway. Ah, I have ancestors that prayed that God would deliver them out of slavery and they stayed in slavery and they still went in the backwoods and sang a song. They still sang, swing low, sweet children. They still shouted in the backwoods in the midnight hour. They still baptized their children. They still jumped over the broom when they got married. And even though they didn't get exactly what they wanted, their prayers set up the next generation who would find liberation. I am one generation away from, from Jim Crow segregation and yet my grandmothers and my grandfathers looking at colored signs still went to church. They still taught Sunday school. They still sang in the choir. They still read their Bible. They didn't wish to be in the condition they were in. They wished that God would do something but because of their faith I'm preaching to this multiracial church today preaching truth and justice and the kingdom of God and Jesus crucified and resurrected don't forget what you're praying on what foundation are you praying on ah before God answered her prayer she went to church before God answered her prayer she got some need you can't wait for the answer you got to move forward right now you got to go to work tomorrow You got bills to pay. You got to go to school tomorrow. You got to graduate next spring. Even in the midst of the brokenness and the pain, you have to move forward. That's what Hannah did. Even when she became pregnant. Did you see the verse when it said, in the course of time? That means we don't know how long it took for her to get pregnant. Now, you, some scholars might think that in the course of time means the natural course from uh, 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 conception to birth. But what if that's not what it means? What if in the course of time meant after a while, at some point in time, when it happened? What if it was two years? What if it was five years waiting on God for an answer to prayer? Would you keep praying? Would you keep reading your Bible? Would you keep praising? Would you keep moving forward? Would you keep a smile on your face if you had to live through the course of time? See, a Christian is somebody who ends up being one over the course of time. A Christian is somebody who becomes a Christian in joy and pain, in sunshine, in rain, in the storms, in the good days, in the bad days, through neglect, through abuse, through divorce, through recovery, through loss, through unemployment, through the money being funny. That's when you rise really with Jesus, when you've been through something. These silver spoon in the mouth Christians don't really know how to worship God. But when you've been through something, when you've been on your back, when you walked in shoes that was passed down from your older brother, that's when you start to praise him. That's when you know how to pray, when you've been through something. Ah, Hannah was praying on a promise. I got to get to this last point. I'm, I'm having brunch at some point today. I don't care what y'all say. Finally, well, let me say this before I get to the last point. Because here's the, here's the, here's, here's why some people miss out on transformational prayer. Because some people are going to prayer for hope, And then they're going to substances and situations to cope. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Some people go to prayer and they go, you know, I hope God answers my prayer. But then they go to something else to cope with the pain and the stress and the anxiety. Stop going into bad relationships Messed-up situations, 15 minutes of feel-good to cope when you need to pray on an eternal, solid foundation. God is present even when it don't feel like it. God is with you. God is with you. You are not alone. Matter of fact, God joins us in our pain. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to show us that God becomes human and joins us in our anguish. God joins, God has solidarity with the disinherited. Okay, last point, praying for purpose. Verse 21, verse 21. And when her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. Oh, y'all, listen. I don't think when Hannah was praying transactionally, If you give me a baby, I will raise him, I will give him to you, Lord, and no razor will touch his head. I don't believe that Hannah really knew what she was praying about then. This is why. She said, if you give me a son, I will give him to you, Lord, all the days of his life, and no razor will touch his head. How is she going to ensure no razor touch his head? I think Hannah assumed she was going to raise Samuel. And, and I'm going to make sure he ain't never going to the barbershop, Lord. I'm going to grow his fro out. I'm going to dedicate him to you. But by the time God gave her the answer to her prayer, she had to deal with the answer was bigger than her. Be careful what you pray for. When you pray, God, God's answer might be bigger than your agenda. I'm assuming Hannah wanted a child and wanted to raise the child just like the second wife was raising her children. She wanted to raise her child. By the time God gives her the answer, she realizes God has a bigger agenda for her child. The agenda is so big, she won't get to raise him. Samuel's gonna be an oracle for the Lord. Samuel is going to be the voice of the nation. Samuel is going to anoint kings. Samuel is going to bless the army before they go out to war so they experience a victory. Samuel's going to be the voice of God's judgment when they're in sin. God had a bigger agenda for Samuel. That's why when Elkanah and Penina and Penina's kids went off to the church revival, she said, just let me stay here. Because these are the only days I'm going to get with my boy. She said, can I at least nurse him? Can I at least hold him for a few days? Because she realized God's agenda was bigger than her agenda. God answered her prayer, but not in the way she wanted. And so she said, let me just get a few days by myself with my baby. Because she's not going to see him walk. She's not going to go to his soccer games. She's not going to take pictures of him going to prom. None of that's going to happen. She's going to take him to the house of the Lord and leave him there. And we have nothing in the Bible that lets us know that God did anything more with Hannah than that child she gave up to God's house. Be careful what you pray for because your prayers might get connected to God's agenda. Oh, man. Do you think when Pastor Bob went to the club that night and he saw Letty and he said, God, if you would just give me her, I'll do whatever you want me to do. He didn't know what he was praying about. That dude didn't know and he said to God, if you, if you, if you, if you let her and me get together. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. That dude ain't been to Harlow since. (laughs) He won't even go to the crest. He won't even walk by the crest. I can't get that dude to go out with me on Friday. No. (laughs) He didn't know that meant Be careful what you pray for, but you better be careful and not stop praying. And I pray that your prayers would get connected to God's agenda. I'm about to close in prayer. There's going to be people here at these tables. They would love to pray for you. If you need additional prayer, you come on down. Let's pray. God, I know what I want, but you know what I need. And I trust you with my prayers more than I trust me with them. So God, I pray that moving forward in this 53rd year of my life, that you would take my prayers and you would connect them to your agenda for me and for the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into Midtown Church. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for weekly messages to stay rooted in the word and for a dose of hope, health, and healing in your life. Want to get more connected to Midtown Church? Just visit us online at midtownchurch.org.